The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and welcome to iLead, and I'm very pleased to have you join me today. This is part of a series, and uh, I actually decided to do this series on women because I was very much intrigued by all the latest reports that have come out about pay disparities still existing for women, about women not really crashing through and smashing the glass ceiling. We've cracked it in a lot of circumstances, but it's definitely still there 35 years after we've made great headway. We still have a way to go. Chase, society is really changing. It's changing for men and for women. And, you know, I think about this when I think about when I first started to work. I got out of college. I had a liberal arts history degree. And um, a gentleman next to me had a liberal arts history degree. I got asked how fast I could type. And the man got offered a sales job. Well, I thought those days had clearly passed. And yes, they have, thank goodness. But we still, not have, we still have not reached the strides that women need to reach in the workforce. We're 50% of the workforce worldwide. So I invited two great people to join me today for this discussion. First, I have Becky Blaylock. And Becky clearly smashed the glass ceiling. She was CIO and SVP of Southern Company, a Fortune 500 utilities firm, and she has an impressive record there. She's also a mother and married and has lived a very full and exciting life. Becky wrote a book called Dare. It's a great book. And if you haven't gotten a copy of it, I highly suggest you get one now and read it, whether you're male or female, because she has tremendous suggestions in there for everyone on how to move forward and eliminate the glass ceiling forever. I also have another guest that I've invited to come back, and that's Tony Cusimano Benetti. And I'm just so thrilled to have Tony because she is another person that smashed the, the uh, glass ceiling. She is a partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers. As you well know, I'm sure, if you're listening to this show, that it's one of the leading uh, organizations and think tanks in the world. And, and um, 
you know, Tony has a pretty significant position there at the head of the game in leading change for the technology sector, another exciting sector, which we're going to talk about on some shows to come. And I asked Tony to come back because Tony has a wonderful case study at PwC, what PwC as an organization has done to really promote women and make sure that they have women with opportunity through up the ranks and that they're also putting women more and more in partner positions. So as I'm thinking about all of this, um, I say to myself, I look at other women who have smashed the glass ceiling. And I can think of a woman named Margaret Keene. She's now the CEO of Synchrony, one of the largest private credit card companies in the world. Um, she's just an exa- excellent example of what what can happen when uh, a woman CIO is in place. Margaret makes it a point to pull women up through the ranks, promote and to mentor women, and everybody wants to come work for Margaret because she does two very unique things. One, she finds out what it is that you want to do next in your career. And she contracts with you to say, look, here's a job I think is a great stepping stone for you. You come, you learn, you do this job, and I'll help you get the next role. And needless to say, people line up to come work for Margaret. Well, enough about all of this. Let me turn this over to my first guest, Becky Blaylock. Becky and I met just recently at an author summit Uh, organized by uh, Soundview Executive Summaries, and I was just so thrilled to meet her live and in person. And so, Becky, you're on with me, right? Yes, yes. It's great to be with you, Linda. Oh, it's it's terrific to have you. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your story. How'd you break through that ceiling at um, Southern Company? You know, I entered the workforce in 1978. That's when I graduated. And I think I was very fortunate in that I ended up going to work for a company who made some big investments in me. At the time when I came out of college, I looked around, though, and my company had absolutely no women in senior executive roles. I had never had anybody, a BP and above, in the company. And I think we, at one point in time, had maybe had somebody at at the managerial level. And I thought, well, maybe I can be the first person to uh, to manage a team here. And, and honestly, I didn't start out thinking about the C-suite and thinking that I would ever get the opportunity to get there um, because it's very hard to be something that you've never seen. Uh, but I was just glad to have a job. I had been working three jobs and put myself through undergraduate school and had school debt to pay back. And... Uh, and so I, I came to work, and I, I think people actually thought that I was a novelty and uh, expected certainly Isn't that... Isn't that when, interesting? Yeah, when I got married, um, that I would quit, or when I had children, that I would quit. Uh, because in the company that I worked for in the 60s, if you got married, there was a rule that you had to quit and leave the company. Uh, you know, not, I have to tell you, children, Becky... But if you got it, married... <laughs> If you got married, well, you know, I actually had at this one company who will go nameless that I said offered me, uh, you know, asked me how fast I could type. They actually said to me, because my husband at the time was in law school, you know, as soon as your husband gets out of law school, you're just going to have children. 
So why should we invest in you? I mean, nobody would say that anymore, but I have the same experience. Yeah, well, actually, in the interview, what the, the gentleman said to me, because I am so tired of hiring these young women, and we uh, train them, spend all this money training them, and then they get married and they quit. And he said, are you going to do that? And I said, well, I have a boyfriend, but I don't intend to quit. I said, I can't quit. I said, I've, I've borrowed too much money. I've got to pay it back. And uh, somehow ended up getting the job. But um, I've always been very grateful from, for affirmative action because I think had it not been for the fact that this company was under an affirmative action mandate, I don't know that I would have even been hired back in the 70s. Um, fortunately, I got to witness a lot of change during the 33 years I was with that company. And I always focused on, you know, a lot of people told me there were things that couldn't be done or that, you know, I, I, I couldn't be successful. And I just shut that out. I actually had a guy tell me one time, he goes, why are you working so hard? He said, on a per-hour basis, he said, I get paid twice as much money as you do because of all the hours you put in here. But I do feel like in the early days, back in, in the 70s and the early 80s, you had to work twice as hard and be twice as good if you were going to get promoted as a woman. And it did end up paying off for me. And um, somehow I got on the radar screen uh, of the executives in my company uh, because I was also not only involved inside the company but outside the company in the community. I did a lot of volunteer work, and our CEO, who was very involved at the Atlanta Chamber, kept hearing my name. And he said, who is this person? He said, she is doing such great work in the community. He goes, I want to, I want to follow her career. And, and I got on a uh, leadership development list. There were 40 people on that list, and there were three women. Uh, I was the, the, it was the first time the company had ever created such a program that's pretty commonplace in companies now, and I'm going to be really fascinated to hear about all the wonderful things that PwC is doing. But this was, the, um, this was actually the 90s before they had a development program. And in some ways, I felt like I had a target on my back, but I also felt like it was a huge opportunity because people were watching to, to really demonstrate that I could do this. You know, one of the advantages I feel like the early women had is that people were surprised when you did do well, and they were watching. They were watching for you to fail. But because you stood out, people were paying attention to what you did, and if you delivered really well, then they noticed and you got opportunities to do even more. So anyway, I, you know, I, Becky, actually, I, I, I just want to just want to highlight a point that you made. You know, at the time that you and I came into the workforce, it really was all male. So women who made strides at that time be, did so because there were enlightened men who did oh, work to, to pull them up. That was certainly my case as, as as well. So this is not all about, you know, men want to keep women down. That That's not really the case at all. It's the paradigm has changed, and it's going to oh, change absolutely. again. So keep absolutely. going. It's a great story. I would story. never have had the success I'd had if, had it not been for some very uh, courageous and enlightened men who reached out and helped support me. Uh, and so then I had the opportunity to be, I was named the uh, chief information officer. But what's interesting is when I was pregnant with my daughter, people kept coming up to me and saying, you know, we're really going to miss you when you go home and, uh, and uh, you know, you have your daughter. And I said, well, why are you going to miss me? I said, I'm, I'm going to be on maternity leave and be right back. People did not expect me to come back. And I think I, I was not the first female officer. I was the second female officer. But I, I was also the first female officer across our enterprise of companies who was also a mother. And so I think I gave hope to other women that, hey, you can balance this. You can have a family, and you can, can uh, and, and have a successful career, too. And then after 33 years, I... So how have you... Of, go ahead. 
I just like after 33 years, I retired, and I wanted to uh, write a book because I had such incredible experiences, and I felt like there were many lessons I had learned coming up the ladder. And as I would go out and speak to groups, there would be things that I would share that I think once you learn them, they become common sense, and you forget that other people coming along don't know these lessons. So I wanted to share some of the things that I think are most important if you really want to break through to the, to the C-suite. You know, from my perspective, and I interviewed a lot of other very highly successful women and included their stories with mine in the hopes that it will dare more women to get out there and, uh, and do what it takes to break through and get to the, to the C-suite if that's what they desire to do. You know, Becky, we're going to be coming up in uh, just a minute on, um, on a break time, but we're going to continue this conversation. But so uh, tell me, how many women did you interview for your book? I interviewed 28 women who were at that C-suite level, and, uh, and I have various pieces of feedback and words of wisdom from each one of them woven into the book. Uh, I have to say this. One thing that was interesting, when I asked them the question, if you had a young person coming into the workforce today that you cared a lot about, what one piece of advice would you have for them to be successful? And over and over and over again, the same thing came up, and that was be willing to get out of your comfort zone, stretch out of it on a regular basis, and take risk. Be willing to do things that you don't think you can do because that's where the growth happens. And too many times I heard from these women that they see other women who are afraid to do that. That, you know, they come to work every day, you know, focused on delivering great results, um, but don't think about putting themselves out there for stretch assignments and really going for jobs bigger than they think they are. Um, And some of that, I think, is because women haven't always had the same social safety nets inside corporations that men have. That's exactly right. And and for the record, this radio show is my stretch assignment. So uh, this is this is uh, my piece of uh, the learning curve coming up. Well, so we you. are uh, coming, com- but we're coming up to a break. And and uh, Becky, you just have so much wisdom and insight. I I can't wait to have you on the. Uh, I have a bunch of other questions to ask you that I'm just dying to to hear your answers for. So stay with us. Um, Becky Blaylock uh, really smashed the glass ceiling and has a bunch of advice to offer going forward. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. 
The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Five seven nine zero, or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, uh, your host on the Leadership Connection. I have with me today Becky Blaylock, a really spectacular author of the book. Dare, where she interviewed many women who had, 28 to be exact, who had made it through the glass ceiling, as well as herself, and has many stories and advice uh, to share with us. Um, also with us, who's going to be in the next segment, uh, is Tony Cusimano Benetti. And she's with PricewaterhouseCoopers, who, in my mind, having been in this field for a very long time, is probably one of the best practices around in promoting and advancing women in the workplace. So, um, Becky, why do you think that more women are not reaching the C-suite? I I know we've made a lot of strides. I mean, I I got up there myself, um, but not to the degree that you would think. Why do you think that that's still happening? You know, McKinsey did a study last year, and, and LinkedIn did as well. Uh, to study this issue, and sort of the number one thing that surfaced in both of those studies was institutional barriers, and that's where there's still this mindset that uh, these positions are not positions that women are qualified to hold. And uh, the other thing is that I think it's very hard to be something you haven't seen, and fortunately that's changing. We are now beginning to see some very prominent, very uh, uh, smart, qualified women move into the C-suite who are role models for others, but there have not been enough role models. Uh, and, and more importantly, women haven't always had the same sponsorship that men have. I don't think I realized until I became a senior executive, I had a lot of mentors, but you really have to have a sponsor. And that's very different from a mentor. Anybody can be a mentor to you. Somebody lower down in the organization can mentor you on uh, dress or can mentor you on some technical aspect of a job. A sponsor is somebody who sits around the table inside one of these corporations and who is willing to advocate for you and be a cheerleader for you. And if you don't have that, your name doesn't even get on the list for other jobs. And even if it gets on the list and you get on the interview table, the the example I'll give you is when I was named the CIO, there were five candidates for the job. All five of us were qualified. And once you get to those senior levels, pretty much everybody's competent. 
But everybody uh, sitting around that table making the decision about who was going to go in that job, they all had their own candidate that they wanted in there. And it wasn't that people didn't like me or didn't want me in the job, but they had somebody else that was aligned with them that they wanted to put in the job. So had I not had two or three other people who were convinced that I was the person for the job and who were willing to advocate for me, I would never have gotten it. And I don't know that... um, people coming up the corporate ladder understand how important that sponsorship is. And it's not something you can go out uh, and ask for. You, a sponsor generally picks you, and women yeah. haven't typically had enough of that. The other thing is I think men don't know what they don't know. It has been really interesting <laughs> to me this past year with my book. I've been out talking to a lot of men and women, and a lot of what I've been trying to do is educate men. They don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, let's see what we can do to offend the women or put them, put, put them down or exclude them. But they just don't consciously think about the fact that they are exclusive of, of women. You know, I have men tell me, they say, you know, I have women on my team, you know, and, you know, what's in, they, they really do want to help them. And I say, what can, can I do? And I say, well, the single most important thing you can do is give equal face time and make sure that when you're doling out the special projects that grow talent and give exposure that you are thinking about the women just as seriously as you think about the men. I said, because, you know, too many times... If, particularly if you have a woman who's the only one on your team, so many times when she tries to speak up in a meeting, her voice is not heard. Or, or somebody else will pick up on yeah. what she initially said, and her idea even gets credited to that person. I said, so be cautious and make sure that that is not happening. And uh, it's amazing. I've been everywhere across the country and asked women, have you been in a meeting where you're the only woman in the room, you've said something, nobody heard it, you say it second time, nobody heard it. Finally, one very intelligent man has heard what you've said and repeats it, and everybody goes, what a great idea. And then they give him credit for your idea at the end of the meeting, and every woman in the room shakes their head yes that that has happened to them. And men are totally oblivious to that. I certainly have experienced that. There's absolutely no question about it. And, and you know, uh, Sheryl Sandberg and uh, Adam Bryant from the Wall Street, uh, New York Times just wrote an article about that, saying that that, you know, actually is a, is a bias that's, that's coming through. So it's a great point. And the other what, thing, too, is What do you think? Go ahead. I just want to make this one point about women not moving up is, you know, there have been some studies done at uh, several major corporations, and they looked at their job posting system internally. And what they learned is that if a job had 10 criteria for the next level up, that a woman would not post for that job unless she could check off all 10 of the boxes that she had met every one of those criteria. A man, on the other hand, would typically go for the job if he could check six of the boxes. So if women aren't proactively putting themselves out there and going for these jobs when they may not be 100% qualified, when they can go into the job and you learn on the job and get those skills, but, and somebody else is more willing to put themselves out there and go for it and learn on the job, then we're never going to close these gaps. So I've been trying to tell women, listen, if you, you don't have to be 100% qualified. Nobody is when they go into these jobs. Go in there and learn the job. And then you'll qualify yourself to go on up to the next ladder. Don't wait until you have all 10 of the boxes checked. It's too late. Right. Absolutely. And and it's so interesting because your experience has, has bode the same with mine as I interviewed women for other positions going ahead. You know, they would shy away from that. Um, and your point about a sponsor is absolutely essential. You know, somebody's got to be willing to step out and fight for you and 
and and advocate for you for that next job. And that, that happened from, to me, uh, both from a man and a woman. And that's really what helped me get ahead, not necessarily mentoring, as you, as you point out. So, Becky, what do you think are the biggest mistakes women make, you know, in their climb up the ladder? I know you said, you know, not putting themselves out there, not being in, the, in their comfort zone. But what do you think? Give me, give me some of the, the stuff that you think really gets in our way. Well, you know, there, there's kind of three key prongs in my book, and, and they were to address sort of the things that I see women not do. And I mentored hundreds of men and women uh, in my career. And when I would sit down and talk to them, I would ask them, what is it that you want to do with your career? And more often times than not, the response I got back from a woman was, well, I don't know. And I wanted to say, well, you know, if you don't know this, there's, 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 nobody can figure that out for you because success looks very different to each and every one of us. But you've got to put some thought into what it is that you want because in today's world, there isn't anything you can't do and you can't have if you don't decide that that's what you want. But you have to decide what that is first. And then people can help you. So I have a lot in the book about, you know, you, you've really got to figure out what's your value system and what is it that you want to accomplish, and then it's your job to get out and communicate that. You cannot assume that your boss has telepathy because if you communicate to people that there is a certain position you want, then they'll think about you as special projects come up and opportunities come along, and you can, can uh, better prioritize your time, uh, you know, doing things that take you along that career path because careers are just like um, – you know, uh, a college curriculum. If you want to be a doctor, there's certain co- courses that you have to take. If you want to be in the C-suite in corporate America, there's certain moves that you need to make, certain places you need to go that qualify you to be in those senior jobs. You know, if you don't know anything about finance, at some point in time, you probably need to go somewhere and manage a budget. And if, But if people don't know where it is that you want to to go, it's going to be very hard for them to help coach you. And then the second thing is that you've got to be fearless in going after it. You've got to be willing to step outside that comfort zone and not be afraid to fail. Because if you don't stretch outside that comfort zone on a pretty regular basis, it begins to shrink. And, and failure is not failure. You know, uh, we take, women, I think, we take failure and we take feedback far too personally. Um, and, and the way you get better is getting uh, constructive feedback from other people. Um, I've had so many women come to me, uh, and, and this happens with men too, but we are much more sensitive about feedback than men are. We're, we're much more concerned about the likability factor. Men want to be liked too, but they're just not obsessed with it like, like you know, women tend to be. And, and it's asking for that feedback that helps you get better. And if you get defensive about it and people won't tell you what you're doing wrong, then you're not going to learn how you can continue to get better. And... Um, and then the third thing so is true. that you've got to surround yourself with a, with a talented uh, team and you've got to have a whole group of a cadre of men, mentors and sponsors. And I see a lot of women who don't network outside of it. It's our natural strength, but we, don't, we tend to come to work every day and stay within our own little work environment. Whereas if you want to be in the C-suite and you really want to grow and be a leader in your company, you've got to have a, a lot of relationships with people outside your company. And I tell people, look at your network because they say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What kind of attitude do they have? Are they people that you're learning from and growing with? Because if you want to be a better tennis player, you go play tennis with somebody who's better than you. And careers are the same way. If you want to be an exceptional leader and if you want to be a true professional in your field, then you should find five other people 
that are a little bit better than you and go hang out with them because it's amazing what you can learn from them. As but as women, great... we, don't, we don't typically do that. And the other thing is that we wait to be asked. You know, as women, we've been programmed, you know, you can't call up a boy and ask him out. And, you know, and, it, and all the research says that when women do ask, um, we are judged very differently than men are. It's a very different standard that we are held to different standards at work and that then when we go and negotiate for things that, um, that it tends to, to uh, turn people off. And I don't know what all the factors are behind that, but I am telling women you do need to ask that coming out of college last year, 57% of young women, uh, 57% of young men negotiated their salaries and only 7% of women did. And for those that negotiated, they got 8% more. So I tell women, you absolutely should negotiate your salary and be grounded in facts. Don't make it emotional. Just say, you know, I really appreciate this offer. I'd love to be with this company, but you're going to have to get more competitive on that offer. And keep in mind, there are a lot of things to ask for besides money. Ask for additional vacation. Becky, we're going to be coming up on break. Okay. And just a, in just a couple of minutes here, but um, you know, I think the points that you've made are are, uh, are really fabulous, and and there are more things than just money. So stick with us, Becky. You'll be back with us after the break, and we'll be joined by uh, Tony Cusimano Benetti from Pricewaterhouse Coopers. So thank you so much already for great insights. I'm taking notes like crazy here. Um, we'll be heading off to break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey again, and with me is Becky Blaylock, uh, author of Dare, and a woman who absolutely smashed the the uh, the glass ceiling, and Tony Cusimano Benetti from Pricewaterhouse Coopers, also a partner, uh, highly successful career. Uh, I would just like to invite any listeners if. You want to join in and share any of your stories, email me on radio uh, at lindasharkey.com. I'd really love to hear your stories, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about smashing that break a glass ceiling once and for all at hashtag I lead, uh, TLC. So I asked Tony to join because she's really in a premier organization that clearly won Catalyst Awards. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a premier women's organization that uh, ranks companies um, in uh, that that do great work in terms of advancing women in in in, uh, in their careers. And so, Tony, I'm so glad to have you. So, let's let's start a little bit with you know what's been your experience, and I know you worked at other places before you went to Pricewaterhouse Coopers. How is this? so different from other places where you've worked and the kinds of things that PwC does to advance women? I think, uh, so first of all, Linda, thank you for having me on your show. And Becky, it's been absolutely inspirational to be a part of this conversation, so thank you. I think really what is differentiated for me in my experience at PwC is the fact that leadership at the highest level, our U.S. Chairman, Bob Moritz, has made inclusion and diversity a key tenant of our business strategy. Uh, having his support in and setting clear direction that diversity and inclusion is really how do we leverage the power of our differences to actually win in the marketplace. And having senior level sponsorship willing to put programs in place that are new, that are innovative, that are helping our women advance more quickly and grow in ways that I was never able to grow uh, in other organizations of which I was a part. Wow. So what would you say, um, uh, what is the percentage, uh, Tony, of the number of women who have really achieved great strides in, in PwC, I, I think it's really impressive. And how did you see them moving up beyond the fact that the corporation itself is trying to create a culture of inclusion? What, what did these women do and what did you do that, that helped you get uh, to where you are today? So just to, to give you a sense of, of PwC and the advances that we've made, um, in 2002, we had only 13% of our U.S. partners were women. And today, in 2015, we've got almost 20%, 19% of our U.S. partners are women. We've got four women partners who serve on our U.S. leadership team, 
representing almost 30% our CFO, general counsel, government regulator, government and regulatory affairs leader, and our chief diversity officer, all women. And we've got 22% on our board of directors who are women. So we have clearly, the, the message from leadership has, has cascaded down. From a personal perspective, the, the great, the three things, and it's so interesting this listening to Becky because I was jotting down notes around how did I get to where I was today. And I, I can only really be one of the many voices, Becky, uh, from the women that you interviewed. Uh, I took very seriously from a very young age and, and had mentors and sponsors along the way to help me, but I took very seriously being the architect of my career. And when I went off, off the grid, so to speak, I had both mentors and sponsors who helped me to reflect on what was that North Star toward which I was working and how did I need to personally enhance my leadership skills as well as professionally make decisions to help me along the way. Uh, second, I've always had a robust network inside and outside professionally. And I, I, I tell funny stories about how I've won business because I went, you know, I, I went, I was in swimming class and struck up a friendship with another mom and the two of us never talked about professional, professional skills and all of a sudden then one day we, we said, oh, you do, you do human capital strategy work? Oh my gosh, could you help us? And, you know, lo and behold, you know, we've sold a deal three months later. Um, so that network is extremely powerful. And then lastly, that point around being fearless and asking, um, both asking for the feedback continually and not being, not taking that feedback personally. I feel like those elements, Becky, of what you articulated very much reflect how I have been able to navigate my career to what I believe is a very special place for me in terms of my ability to achieve my personal and professional aspirations. Now, I've done that in the last six years in the context of PwC, and PwC has really distinguished itself in, in really demonstrating how not just a belief that women are, not just a statement that women are a critical part of our talent pool, uh, but they actually have a targeted strategy about how to retain, develop, and advance our women professionals. And I don't know if you remember, you, you mentioned, Linda, the Lean In book that Sheryl Sandberg met, well, uh, wrote. Right after she wrote that book, our chairman authored a blog talking about why companies need to lean in. We create a partnership with the Leaning Institute, and we had a webcast with between Bob and Cheryl talking about advancement of women. And through that partnership and through the, the tireless work of our diversity leader and, and the sponsorship of our, of our executive leadership team, we've put in some really innovative programs. So what I articulated from a personal perspective, I was able to do that as an individual, but I've been nurtured inside of an organization that believes passionately in how to advance women. And if you'd like, I, I could share a couple of those programs, which I think very much speak to some of Becky's earlier points about how we actually create an environment where women can um, have a voice. Well, you know, I think it's really important, and I'd love you to do that, because really what you're talking about is, you know, a, an organization and an enterprise that's put its money where its mouth is. And a lot of people espouse these things, but you, we all know you can have a strategy, 
But if you don't, if you don't put any money or teeth behind it, and you don't put any behavior behind it, it it doesn't happen. So, tell me some of the stories. So the first one really hones in on two of Becky's points, which is one, have a plan and know what your goal is. And the second is that concept of mentorship and sponsorship. We have a program called Breakthrough Leadership, which is an accelerated development program for high potential women and the individuals who are sponsoring them on their path to partner. It's a, it's a very deep investment on the firm's part, two days, it's a two-day experience focused on the path to partnership and how to overcome potential derailers along the way. So back, Becky, when you talked about you had men along the way uh, you, you, who mentored you and you learned that there is, there is, you know, there is a way that you get to the C-suite, we've been very deliberate about how we help our women navigate through what that means and to deliberately help put those plans in place and those milestones along the earlier part of their careers so that they can be very deliberate about that path and the leadership. Sponsors are men and women and play a very active role throughout that leadership program. The second is a, is a you know, I, I was chuckling to a certain degree, but it was an ironic chuckle about the experience that both Linda, you, and, and Becky, you had. I'm a Gen Xer. I graduated in a recession in 1994 uh, from college. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, my career path has included two children along the way, a marriage, quote-unquote, later in life, along with those two babies a little bit later. And what is interesting about how PwC has helped me to nurture my family while I've nurtured my career is our full circle program. I had flexibility coming back into into the partnership and into the work environment as I was coming back with my two children. And we have a program called the Full Circle Program that gives parents an opportunity to off-ramp from their careers for a period of up to five years and then return to the firm. I mean, imagine a company saying to you, look, if you want to prioritize your family and you'd like to step out, we will be here. We will be here when you choose to come back. And they're able to keep up their technical credentials while they're away. And we've had over 20 women who have successfully leveraged that program and come back to PwC, which is actually equated to an ROI. We've saved $2 million because that's talent that we otherwise would have lost had they not seen an ability to stay with the firm. Absolutely. That is a fabulous case study. I mean, that is a... Fabulous, fabulous program. I don't know how many companies actually... I know. How many companies actually do that? I mean, that sounds pretty unique. Well, I wish I could share with you the statistics. Um, And I don't have those at hand right now. But we do believe that, that we are breaking ground through some of these innovative programs. And, and ways in which we are really trying to create an environment where people, women and men, right, can, can nurture their careers as they're having right. families through programs like the Full Circle. Right. Uh, and you know, and I do find, 
I do find, Tony, in, in certain circumstances, it depends on where you are in your life cycle, that men and women will sometimes slow down their their careers because of that. Like a man who's moved so many times and he's got kids in high school just refuses that next job until the kid graduates because, you know, that's the commitment he's made to his family. And really enlightened companies are supportive of that. Yeah. I want to just ask you, uh, and then I want to bring uh, uh, Becky back in here. If you had two pieces of advice that you would say to women that are absolute must-dos, what would those two pieces of advice be, Tony? I think the first thing is be the architect of your career. Yeah, I think absolutely. far too often at... People graduate from college, and there's this macro message that says, explore, take a while, it'll be okay when you get done, and then you go through your 20s. And I really am a firm believer in actually spending time to get to know who you are, your values, and what drives you, and spend time thinking about what kind of a journey do you want life to be personally and professionally. Because I think even with some simple visioning, and with some simple milestones, you can achieve extraordinary things. The second thing that I would say is be yourself. I mm. think too many times I see women try to dress, behave, speak, engage in ways that are not natural to who they are. And this concept of authenticity, this concept of uh, being yourself and bringing your whole self to what you do will distinguish you. And I think time and time again, you see the statistics about women and collaboration, about how women change the dynamic in a boardroom, about having women on board, companies that have women on boards of directors show stronger ROI. There is a demonstrated ROI of the sheer innate virtue of being a woman, be yourself and learn how to leverage that in a positive way to help you further your goals, both personally and professionally. I love those pieces of advice. They're, they're fabulous. And, and Becky, we're coming up uh, to our next break, but quickly, two pieces of must-dos for women to advance their career. Well, I really love uh, the, the feedback that we just got from, from Tammy, and I agree 100% with what she said, as I talked about. I think it's important to have a plan and to have it written down. You know, people tried to tell me that when I was coming up in my career, and I didn't figure this out until much later into my career. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I have all this in my head. I don't need to write anything down. But it's important if you have a plan to write it down because it, it makes it more concrete. And if you aren't willing to invest the time in writing it down, then how much time are you going to invest in making it happen? And it makes it very clear and easy for you to communicate to somebody else. It makes it easier for them to, ha- to, uh, to help you because too many times in my career early on, I expected other people to take care of me. I thought, I'm working really hard. These people are going to notice that I'm doing a good job and my boss will take care of me. Well, my boss was busy taking care of himself. You know, I, of himself, absolutely. You've got to be the architect of your career, and it starts with that, that uh, written plan. And then the, the, the second thing and is, second? is surround yourself 
with people who are better than you are and people who will be candid with you and be willing to listen to the things that they have to tell you because the only way you get better is to get that constructive feedback from people who really care about you. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, so be a good listener and surround yourself with people who will be candid with you. Don't take it personally. That I think we've just gotten four fabulous pieces of advice. Uh, stay with us. We're going to come up on our next break, and then we're going to wrap the show up. Thank you very much, Becky and Tony. Fabulous dialogue. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Do you know your personal brand? You may have the idea, but do you really know how to execute it and perfect it? Join Kathy Bass, the branding lady, for an inside look at the world of branding on her show, Power Up Branding. Kathy and her guests will discuss the many facets of branding, including tips to help you rebrand or bring your brand to the next level. Power Up Branding can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get a plan. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #IleadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to Ilead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, you're back with Linda Sharkey, and we've just had a phenomenal dialogue with Becky Blaylock and Tony Cusimano Benetti from uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And Becky, if I if I'm going to reinforce this, get her book. Um, if you're a man or a woman, this is a fabulous book. It will give you great insights on how to advance your career. And and I want to underscore, you know, something that I always did in my career, and I've been asked to speak many many times on this topic, is that I always had a career goal. I always had a next place that I was trying to get to in the next two to three or four years. And, uh, you know, I did have sponsors, and that is so important. You have to be the architect of your own career. It's really essential. So building on this topic, I I said to you we're going to have a series on this, and I'm excited to announce our next two uh, uh, guests. Next week, we're going to have James O. Rogers, who's the author of Managing Differently. And we're going to expand the discussion really towards a more inclusive workplace, managing uh, millennials 
And really, what are some of the millennial myth busters? Because some of these things are tried and true for just about all people. Um, James is going to have a great dialogue on, on some of the things that we need to think about if you're going to create that inclusive environment, if you're going to have those best practices that make people want to come to work for you. After hearing Tony, I can't imagine there aren't young women out there that saying, that's a place where I want to be. That's a place where I want to launch my career at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And, you know, as we're more global, people are different. And we're going to have to learn how to create workplaces that are embracing of differences and embrace diversity. So my next show is going to be all about that. And uh, James, who's been steeped in this field, will be with me. And then the show after that on February 5th, I'm excited to say that we have Randall White. And Randall is one of the original authors of the uh, around the subject, The Glass Ceiling, and has a book entitled so that he co-authored, um, that he co-authored. So I would like to invite anyone who's been listening to this show to send me an email if any of these issues have resonated with you. Let's join the dialogue because next week I'd like to bring up some of those points. And if you have a great story about something that you've experienced, either someone that's helped you or some people personal advice that you've had in moving your career forward, please share it with me because I think others would love to hear it. And or tweet me at TLC. I think this topic is so important. And as we get to a situation where we are going to have by 2020, more than 75% of the workforce or the eligible workforce worldwide is going to be millennials. And you know, of that, people are not going to work for companies or want to work for companies that have old methods and old beliefs and old thoughts. So it's time to start thinking about new models for learning and development and for moving forward. So let me just summarize with you some initial things that came out of this dialogue that I think were really important to underscore. And one of them is get out of your comfort zone. Everybody I know who's been successful in their career got out of their comfort zone took a step around something that they weren't sure about, took a deep breath. I went off and got my PhD late in life. I didn't know if I was going to be successful, and I graduated top of my class. And I had a full-time job at the same time. So take risk. Take those stretch assignments. Think about, have a plan for yourself. I love Tony's expression, be the architect of your own career. And I I really want to underscore the other point, which is take the time to get to know who you are and your values. And most importantly, be yourself. You know, you don't have to be somebody else. Be yourself, but know who that is. And, you know, I think what what, uh, Becky said as well is if you're a male and you're in a senior leadership position, Find a woman that you can really sponsor, that you admire, and give her FaceTime. 
Give her opportunity to shine. Promote her. Get out there so that she can get that next job. Because we all hire people that we've worked with and that we know and that we trust. doesn't mean we're bad. It just means that's what we do, both men and women. So thank you so much for being with me uh, this week. Um, obviously, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I think Tony just gave some fabulous insights along with Becky. And join me next week to further this conversation. And now we're going to be thinking about an inclusive culture and what you can do to make sure that your culture is inclusive of others. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Music